0: Hey, good morning, Ken Walls. Welcome to Breakthrough Walls. Listen, today I'm doing a a replay um of of my my good friend Jerry Acuff. I interviewed Jerry um quite a while ago, back in May, and um I, I actually the the young lady that was gonna be on the show today had she 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 had a little she had an issue, so with a, something with her eye or something, It's so, so she is not going to be able to be on today. Um, we've, we're rescheduling with her, but um, I wanted to show you, I, I mean, I've interviewed some amazing, absolutely amazing people on this show, and um, as you all know, I, I did a replay with um, Lisa Copeland a couple weeks ago, or last week, I think. Um, and I, I started going through the archives and, and I'm like, you know what, like people need to know more about this guy. Jerry Cuff is an absolute, I mean, this guy, so many people don't even know who he is, which is really unfortunate. And because he's probably one of the most talented salespeople ever interview yourself. Hey Chuck, how you doing man? So, but but Jerry Acuff is probably one of the most talented salespeople on this planet. He's ranked, he's been ranked for I think three three or four years in a row as in the top 15 salespeople in the world. Um, he's made millions and millions and millions of dollars Um, and, and I just like the guy has so much, I I just want to, I just want to do a replay of Jerry Acuff because he has so much value that he brings. And, and so, um, I, one of these days though, Chuck, I will interview myself. So Ken, so tell me about, so anyway, um, but I, I just wanted to, uh, to, to, to do a replay thank you to everybody watching everyone who shares this out and and for all the continued support i really genuinely appreciate it so without any further from me i'm gonna go ahead and uh hey jennifer how are you i'm gonna go ahead and get started on this i'm gonna i'm gonna do a replay with jerry acuff so here you go this is mr jerry acuff i'm gonna do the replay And I will plan on seeing all of you tomorrow. Thank you so much. And Tina Williams, thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. Thank you to everybody, everyone who shares this out. Really appreciate it. You guys have an awesome day. Check out Jerry Acuff. Here he comes right now. Thank you. All right. Hey, welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I am Ken Walls. I'm your host. I am so freaking excited about who I have on today. I met this guy about a year ago, and, and I'm telling you, he is one of the most amazing people, authentic and real people I've ever known. And you guys are all very blessed, like me, to be able to meet this guy. I want to welcome Jerry Acuff to the show. Jerry, welcome and thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here today.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Ken. I'm excited about it.
0: Good. There's no way you're as excited as I am, man. You're you're uh, you're something else. I'm trying to open up my my Facebook over here on my phone so I can monitor what's going on. But, um, so so listen, Jerry. Um, I want to, I would love for you to to you know, start out with, um, because. Man, I know you've done a lot of things in your life, and you're the, the CEO of a, a pretty good-sized company. And um, So, you know, let's, let's start out with where were you born and raised?
1: Born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee.
0: Memphis, Tennessee. Nice. Yeah,
1: I left there, though, to go to my senior year in high school at Cocoa Beach, uh, Florida. And uh, I made All-State in football, and then I wound up going to Virginia Military Institute to play football. And so, uh, I started in the pharmaceutical business as a sales rep in Virginia.
0: Wow. So, so Memphis, I, I got, uh, I got lost in, in Memphis one night and it was late. I was on my, on my way to Dallas and I drove, drove through Memphis. And, and I remember my dad saying, whatever you do, don't get off at the wrong exit in Memphis. And I'm like, so my, my my gas needle was down to like sucking fumes <laughs> and I'm thinking oh God I gotta get off somewhere in Memphis and I have no idea well I got off at the wrong exit <laughs> and it was not I just remember it I felt like oh God I'm gonna be shot and killed over here so my you know all those fears were planted in my head of yeah. course by by my dad um, but but I I, I I mean I got gas I got back on the road and got the heck out of there but um uh, so that's my only experience with Memphis. That's I've never been there other than that.
1: Well, it's a, it was actually a great place to grow up, and you know when I grew up in the in the '50s and '60s, because um, it was just a great town. I mean, it's still a great town, and you know it's got a great university there. It's actually a couple of great universities there, uh, Rhodes, and then of course Memphis State. Well, University of Memphis it was you Memphis State when I went there. Um, it's a great, it's a great city. And I, you know, I go back occasionally. Unfortunately, the last couple of times I've been back, I've been back for a funeral, which, you know, and now every time, every time I go, I say, I don't think I want to come here anymore. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but it's actually a great, it was a great place to grow up. And I, I wound up going to a Catholic high school and I'm not Catholic. Oh, i really? tell you a funny story. Uh, I went there to play football and I sat on a bench for two years. Now I played baseball and I played basketball, but I went to play football and I sat on a bench. And it's the reason I went to Cocoa Beach. Well, I go to Cocoa Beach and I make first team all state. And so I was, it wasn't good enough to play at Catholic high, but I made all state in Florida and I got 55, you know, scholarship offers, et cetera. And so, uh, th- there was an article in the paper about how did this coach let this guy get out of town? And he and I ultimately became really close friends. Um, you know, at the time he was my coach, but over the years, you know, we became friends, but about, I don't know, seven or eight years ago, my best friend from that high school, who has been my best friend forever, um, called me and asked me if I wanted to be in the hall of fame. And I said, well, you people must be at the bottom of your list. (laughs) I said, because number one, I ain't Catholic. (laughs) And number two, I didn't graduate. He said, no, 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 this is a business success. Philanthropy Hall of Fame, and I said, well, he was in it, and I said, well, any club you're in, I want to be in, so I'm actually in the Hall of Fame at Catholic High School, which sounds like you were a great athlete, but basically, (laughs) I was the bench setter. Wow,
0: holy moly. Hey, man, you're in a Hall of Fame, that's all matters, right?
1: Yeah, but listen, that's the only Hall of Fame I'll ever be in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I doubt it. I doubt it. So, so, you know, let me, let me ask you, let's back up a little bit and let's let, cause you know, I know you, you, you ended up becoming a, a, an unbelievable salesperson um, and, and you've done a lot of things in your life, but what is, if you were to go, you know, go all the way back to, to childhood, is there, is there, because I, I think that there's always something in our childhood that influences or kind of dictates what we become or, or pushes us to, in a, in a certain direction as adults. What, what comes to mind for you? Was there anything that, that, that kind of pushed you in the direction that you ended up going?
1: Yeah, I would say, I mean, this may be a longer answer than you want, but three or four things. One is my father, who I was very much like, it was a great Salesman, and he was a great storyteller, mm-hmm. and and I and I guess I just inherited his storytelling gene, and I think to be a great salesperson you need to be a great storyteller. My grandfather, who was six foot seven, uh, and uh, played basketball at Ohio U, and okay. uh, in fact, if you Google him, the only Google references in the game he scored, he scored fifty five points in the game. <clears throat> um, where I think that his whole team only scored like 65, but, but he was a salesman and every summer he would take my brother and I with him for a week. And wow. and so, and then the third person, the person who probably, you know, that was outside of my family who had the most impact on my life was my, my, uh, junior high school, uh, football coach. Okay. And, you know, when I was, You talk about being unstuck. You know, when I was 12 or 13, I was arrested for shoplifting and I was smoking and drinking and I was a thug. And the first day I went into Sherwood Junior High in Memphis, Tennessee, I saw this big six-foot, five-inch, bald-headed guy standing in the middle of the corridor and he looked at me and he said, boy, you need to be going out for football this afternoon. And I said, "What?" He said, "I'm selling you at three thirty. You're coming out for football." And so, anyway, his name was Bud Garrett, and Bud's ninety now, but he was—I, uh, I, you know, I was, I'd never played football. I'd throw a football around and stuff, you know. I'd played little league baseball, yeah. but he was a—he was the greatest, you know, motivator of, of me for the first twenty-five years of my life because he saw something in me I didn't see in me. You know, I, I, I saw myself as, you know, a redneck thug and he saw me as somebody with human potential. And, uh, you know, it's one of the reasons why our, our coaching program is called coaching catalysts because we believe that you need a catalyst to help you see your greatness. And I can tell you that every single time I've been stuck and I've been more stuck more than once. Um, every time I have been stuck, it's been a catalyst that's actually saved me.
0: Yeah, I, I I love that man, and I and and you know I've I've um, again I've I've seen a lot of your stuff, and and it, it, I I hope what I hope for you is that everybody that watches this, whether they're watching it live right now or they watch the replay. I hope they all go follow you. I, I think you're most active right now on, uh, from what I can see, most active on LinkedIn, and you post some amazing content on LinkedIn, man. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I hope that a lot of people follow you, because you got a lot to teach. And, yeah, we're doing
1: a lot on Twitter and a lot on YouTube. Okay. Uh, not as much on, um, on um, the, um, what's the photo one? Instagram. Instagram. I mean, I'm on Instagram, but I, I don't do that much on it. But, um, but yeah, it's, um, I mean, if you don't do social media these days, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I tell people when I speak, I said, you know, the, the reality is that if you don't understand the power of the internet, if you don't understand the role that Google plays and the goal that YouTube plays and the go and the role that, that Facebook's Facebook plays, if you don't understand all that in five years, you'll be a dinosaur.
0: Yep.
1: I mean, right. you will be a dinosaur. You know, Jamie Draves, who is a, I guess an expert on adult education. He said that the virtual online training, which is one of the reasons why I created a virtual online training program called Jerry A. Coffee T is the greatest. Uh, in, it's the greatest ad- advance in adult education in 500 years. Wow. And so it's not just online training, it's online virtual training by experts. Yeah. And so fundamentally what he's saying is that if you're stuck, you know, for $250, I'm just making up numbers, yeah. 250 bucks, you can go and learn everything Jeffrey Gittimer knows. Yep. You can go and learn everything I know. You can go and learn everything you know. You can go and learn everything Grant knows. You can go and learn everything that um, Janine Driver, who's the world's expert on uh, yeah. body language, and is she is a powerful force of nature if the God ever created one. Yeah. But, I mean, you can learn all of that stuff from them, but because it's always with you. Yep. The problem with, you know, the Ebbinghaus forgetting curve which, you know, happened and the guy wrote it in 1850, basically says that 79% of everything you, you you learn you forget in 30 days and 48% of everything you learn you forget in 48 hours. And so the truth is if you have a virtual online, you know, course with, with experts, that's short because if the lessons are long, ain't nobody going to watch them. <laughs>
0: that's right.
1: But if you have that, then you literally can know everything I know about selling, goal setting, relationship building and how to coach selling. You can know everything Janine knows about, you know, um, um, or or Tim Marshall knows about overcoming fear or what Janine knows about, you know, body language. And I mean, these are the these are the. You know, the smartest people in the world. And if you said, if you have the opportunity to learn from the smartest people in the world and not just go hear them speak or not just listen to a Ted talk, but to actually study with repetition and with practice, you can, you can, you can achieve anything. But, uh, you know, I had a guy call me the other day and fact, he called while you and I were talking and his name, I don't know where he got my information, but I, I have my cell phone number on my jerryacuff.com website.
0: Do you really? And,
1: yeah. And he wow. said, I can't believe you put your cell phone on there. I said, why? He said, well, nobody does it. I said, well, I'm not nobody. I'm somebody. <laughs> and, right. uh, and so he, I said, well, what are you doing now? He said, well, I'm a burrito I'm maker. in lost A burrito maker, a and, uh, in, Los- a burrito maker okay. in a family business. Wow. His parents own the restaurant and he's bur- making burritos. He doesn't want to do this the rest of his life. And I said, well, let me tell you what you do. I said, you go and pay $39.99 and you buy my goal-setting course. And then you go through that course three times and then you call me. Now, he called today. My guess is he's been through it three times. And so I'm going to try and help him understand, you know, how does he take it? Because, see, what he is is exactly what you what you talk about and what you preach about. He's stuck. Yeah. But the But the thing is, if you don't get exquisite clarity about what you want – and then if you don't, at the same time, have the belief that you're capable of achieving it, yep. and you don't let somebody else talk you out of it, and usually the person most likely to talk you out of it is yourself.
0: Right.
1: Right. Right. I mean, I tell you, my my my, I have a home in Scottsdale, you know, and it's it's fairly nice house, and. Yeah. My father came when he was 78 and this was, you know, he's, he's been dead since 2010. So he, he, he came with my brothers and sisters. Now he quit school in 10th grade, was, you know, an entrepreneur, but bankrupt three times. And, you know, he couldn't, he, he could make money, couldn't keep money. Right. So he comes out there to visit and I bring my brothers and sisters out there. And, um, on, when he gets home on Monday and, and I have him picked up in a car service. And so the woman who took me in a car service was a woman. She wore a black suit. and She looked very professional. (laughs) And so my father gets back to Memphis and he calls my younger brother and he says, hey, I I need you to come over here. So why? He said, well, I'm worried about your older brother. He said, why are you worried about your old brother? You were just out there. He's got a really nice house. I mean, he's looks like to me, he's doing pretty good. You know, I, I don't think I'd be worried about him. He said, just get over here. I got, I got to ask you this question. So my brother goes over there and brother, my brother, Jude is a consultant as well. Yeah. And he's an expert in, um, sales call reluctance and he's really good at what he does. But my dad says to him, uh, let me ask you this. Now you got to be honest with me. And Jude said, yeah, I'll be honest with you dad. He said, Uh, You think your brother's doing something illegal? (laughs) And he said, he'd would said, what are you talking about? He said, well, he's got that big old fancy house in Scottsdale. He's got that mafia looking woman driving him around. (laughs) And you just don't think he's doing something illegal. But my point is, you see, his mindset couldn't comprehend what I had accomplished. Right. And so he would be a person who would say to me, if I said, you know, I'm going to have a seven figure income, he would say, you mean, come on, I mean, I love you, you're a great kid and all that, but you know, hey, you remember, you're still a redneck from Memphis. Right. And um, and so you know, what I'm trying to get this kid to understand is, okay, what is your goal clarity? You know, what do you, what do you want really desperately? The most the problem a lot of people have, Ken, I find when they're stuck, is they're afraid to get on the path because they can't see the end of the path. Yep, it's true. And, you know, Maltz Maltz teaches in his book Psycho-Cybernetics, which I've read 70 times, he says that, you know, uh, if you have exquisite clarity about what you want and you believe you're worthy of it and you believe you can accomplish it, then the universe will bring the ideas to you as long as you keep your mind open. And so I've used that, you know, philosophy, you know, whenever I was stuck and, and, and when I wasn't stuck, frankly, yeah. to, to drive my success, because I know that if I really believe it, then it'll happen.
0: You know, I, I've, I, I think that, and again, I'm sure you've been through this, but you know, I, I, and I was literally thinking about this this morning, like, I have like I'm always creating. I, I love to create. And I'm, I'm all, so I'm always creating new new stuff, and and you know I was thinking okay like um, this 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 great guy. I don't know if you know Hank Norman or not, but he is a phenomenal guy, and he he says to me he 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 helped Grant Cardone become the celebrity that he is. He created the. Steve Harvey as a celebrity, he created the Oxygen Network for Oprah, and I mean the guy is like a powerhouse in New York, and and he says, you know, you got to pick one thing, you have to pick it, just start with one thing, you got to pick one thing and and focus everything you have on that. Well, I do a lot of things, and 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 I go this morning, I'm thinking I, I got to get really super clear, and I start writing about like a. I've got to get really clear about what it is exactly that I want to do with this, this new thing. And, and so I I, a thousand percent agree because I think that people get stuck because there's so much stuff swirling around up there with the 60,000 thoughts a day. And, and the, the tinge of negativity from, from, well, you're just a, a redneck thug from Memphis, all of that stuff going from outside parties and people people don't don't sit down and start writing out what it is they really want to accomplish. So I, 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 that's one of the exercises. And I don't know where I learned that. Maybe it was Zig. Maybe it was you. Maybe it was who knows. But I, I always I get a piece of paper out and I start writing, and 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 or well my iPad today. So so but so back up. You you ended up going to college, right?
1: Yeah, I went okay. to the Virginia Military Institute. Okay.
0: And and so what what did because I I'm a high school dropout I walked out in twelfth grade because they told me I didn't get a biology credit and and I was like well how's that gonna help me make money <laughs> I'm not I hate biology so we don't need that let's just get it let's let's move on from that you know <laughs> they didn't see it the way I saw it so I said well I'm not coming back next year I got I got things to do. So I always, you know, I was always envious of people, especially that were in the military or went to college. I didn't do either of those things. And, and um, you know, I, today I don't regret it. I've had a lot of college graduates work for me over the years, so I kind of felt like that made up for it. But, but like, you know, what, what kind of influence or impact did that have on your life?
1: Well, it's interesting. I, you know, I didn't learn what I needed to learn when I was in college, and what I needed to learn is that the key to success is to learn to learn, and I didn't learn that. Um, now, I am a huge believer in my college. I'm on the board of all the alumni agencies, and my wife and I donate a scholarship, you know, every year. Wow. Uh, wow. And my son is going there next year. Um, wow. But. Wow what i what i learned what I learned there, which I think is really important, is how do you deal with all kinds of people uh, because in a military school you run into people that you like a lot, you run into people that you'd like to shoot and you, run, you and you and you run into people that you could care less if you ever saw them again yeah, and to yeah. me that's a microcosm of life now I tell people you know i I mean Bill Gates doesn't have a college degree either yeah. You know, so let's let's not have, you know, let's not say that the college degree is the end all be all. Right, right. To me, the end all be all is is really learning to learn. Yeah. And you know, I, and I've told my son, I said, look, I don't care if you go to college. I mean, what what I like for you to go to college. Let me. The other thing college did for me was it gave me credentials when I had none. And so I remember when I got my first job in the pharmaceutical business. And I wouldn't have hired me. I mean, I wound up running that company. But I remember when I when I got to the point where I was running the company, I remember asking the guy who hired me, who's one of the most wonderful people in the world, Jim, I said, why did you hire me? I said, first place, I show up in a brown polyester suit. If there's a match in that room, you and I are going up in flames. I said, the second thing is, I had a lousy experience. He said, let me tell you something. I hired you because you went to VMI. He said, and I said, I said to myself, you're smart, you're friendly, you're good with people, and you went to VMI, so you know what it's like to put up with a bunch of adversity. You certainly can sell. And so I, I, I have attributed my success so much to my university, not because what I learned there. Right. And I regret that I didn't learn more there because I was, a, I was on academic probation every semester. Wow. When I see these guys walking around with academic stars, I usually say to them, "You're studying too much." Um, but I learned that you how you got to, you got to deal with all different kinds of people in life, and if you don't learn how to do that, you're not going to be successful. You can. My brother went to the University of Memphis on a football scholarship. I don't think he spoke to a person he never he didn't like the whole time he was there. Now that doesn't make him less successful, but I'd rather learn that early, you know, than late. Yeah. So that that was the big the big thing that my my college experience did for me was it prepared me to deal with jackasses.
0: <laughs> See, I, I I think I needed that because <laughs> yeah, I was I was a thug too, and I I, uh, I it took me a, it took me a lot of self education to get out of get out of that uh, that mindset. But you know, I I think that. And I know that, especially in the pharmaceutical industry, um, I, 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 my, my, my wife's on here, so I, I better be careful. But my, my first wife, her, her, um, her father was like a VP of sales or something at Pfizer, and and like for a long time from Columbus, Ohio, and and so, um, I mean, there's you know. You can't get a a job in sales at a pharmaceutical company unless you have a college degree. So there is that.
1: Well, I hired people without college degrees.
0: Oh, did you really?
1: Yeah, wow. I did. I hired, I hired an LPN uh, who only had a two-year nursing degree.
0: Yep.
1: I hired a, a guy for Carlotte who had three and a half years of college, but he didn't have his degree. Um, I, I didn't believe it was that important. I mean, I I thought what was more important, I always say to people, look, there, there's only two issues with being successful. Can you do the job and will you do the job? Right. I, I, I interviewed a thousand people, you know, in the eight years I was a manager, I didn't, I don't think I interviewed anybody who couldn't do the job. Yeah. You know, the question for me was, would you do it? Right. Uh, you know, would you, and would you do it with excitement and energy and passion and would you be coachable and all those things? And I think, uh, I mean, I have an employee right now who, who I'm paying six figures who doesn't have a college education and she's wonderful. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, I don't want to say it's overrated because I think, you know, in many circles, it's, it's not overrated, but can you be successful without one? You're damn right you can. Yeah. But you got to be a lifelong learner and you got to be passionate about something.
0: Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. And I, I, you know, I wake up, I, I, I started to write this long post the other day on Facebook and I decided I I ended up not writing. I got busy. But you know, I wake up every single day of my life and you know, one of the first things I do is I spend 5 or 10 minutes at least that just in silence. Just just, you know, taking in taking in and focusing on what I want to accomplish and then immediately after that I start learning. I either start reading or I start listening to a book on on Audible and right. and you know, I've done that for I don't even know, a long, long time. So, you know, I, I did, although I didn't go to college, I learned quickly that, you know, I, I got into a sales position with a company and I learned very, very quickly. I had no damn idea what I was doing. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> oh shit, I better, what, what do I What? Do I, I, mean, I didn't even know what, what to read. Like I had no idea. And so I, I started with Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy and, and, you know, and funny, it, it, I, I remember the day Brian Tracy accepted my friend request on LinkedIn. I about, crapped. I was like, this guy freaking like, you know, that's, I used to listen to Brian Tracy's Psychology of Selling. Oh, he's great. I, I wore his CDs out, you know.
1: Yeah, his, his stuff is great. Yeah. So was Ziggs. I yeah, mean, oh, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I read, I read all those guys. Yeah. I read Mandino's book, you know, The Greatest Salesman yeah. in the World. Yeah. Which, oh, yeah. Uh, I I'll it. tell you a funny, funny story. When I was a district manager for the pharmaceutical company, before I ran the company, the national sales director knew I was a a voracious reader, and he said, hey, give me the names of three books that I should... You know, we should buy for the whole sales force. He's 600 salespeople. Yeah. So I gave him the, the three books and one of them was Oggs. Yeah. And so the other two authors are very famous and I'm not going to mention them because I, I wouldn't, wouldn't want to do that. But I never heard, I wrote them all a letter because I was a member of NSA at the time, a national speakers association. Yeah. And I said, Hey, I just want you to know, I recommended your book and we're, they're going to, we're going to buy 600 copies of it. And I didn't want anything. I just wanted them to know that how much I appreciated their book. You know, the only person I heard from Ogg. Really? Now, Og had, Og, now, the first guy sold 400,000 copies of his book. The second guy had sold a million. Uh, no, the first guy sold 90,000. The second guy sold 400,000. Og sold 10 million copies and ultimately sold 150 million copies of all his books. He wrote me a personal note. Wow. And, but, but you, you, you gotta hear this because this is fabulous. He sent me a personal note. Jerry, I am so grateful that you, uh, you know, like my work so much. He said, I was thinking that if you liked it so much you might like this this uh, seventy nine dollar three leather bound trilogy. He sold me a damn book. Oh my God, are you kidding me? But see that's <laughs> so what
0: that's it, right there. That's it.
1: It's the other two guys I never heard from.
0: Right. And right. If, if if Og Og was still around he'd have his cell phone number on his website. <laughs> I know, that's exactly.
1: <laughs> he, was. he sold me a book. I said, that's, isn't that amazing? The guy who had the most money, the guy who had the most success, still selling me books. <laughs> right. So I still have the book.
0: That's funny, man. That's, that's the way Grant Cardone does it too, man. <laughs> like, that's funny. Well, so the great ones know what to do.
1: Right. The thing that's interesting in selling it, and this is the, what I've always believed, and this is why I love talking to other, you know, sales experts, is that I don't think anybody has a corner on the market for good ideas. You know, I reread last week uh, Paul Cherry's book, Questions at Sale, which for my money is the best, you know, questioning book in, in selling that there is. And – um and I said to myself, golly, we teach this concept of intent content condition in terms of how you ask questions. In fact, I just got off the phone with 25 uh international scientists uh in China and France and Canada and the U S teaching them how to ask questions. And, but, but our, in reading um Jerry's book, I realized that when we talk about content, what we, what we mean is what do you want to know? Right. But, but he talks about, there's explicit needs and there are implicit needs. And so it caused me to realize that we need to change our formula. Yeah. So what I, you know, I, I, Gerhard said to me one time, and I'm, I'm a gigantic Gerhard Schwartner fan. Gerhard said to me, um, I said, Gerhard, why do you keep meeting with people like me? And this is 15, 18 years ago. And we were in Phoenix and he and I were having lunch together. And I'm thinking, I'm nobody, you know, to Gerhard Schwartner. And Uh, of course he treats you like you're, you know, royalty. I mean, he's a, he's a wonderful man, but I asked him, I said, why do you, why do you keep talking to people like me? He said, Jerry, listen, he said, this table, we were sitting at a big round table. He said, what I know about selling, you could put in this salt shaker. What there is to learn about selling is, 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 is is as much as what this table is. So the more I learn about selling, the more I learn there is to learn. And I thought, wow. That's a really interesting idea. And so I encourage people to, And we do projects, you know, where we'll bring in other sales experts that have a different take or slant on things, yeah. Uh because I believe you can learn from all of them.
0: I, I you know, I think that, and, and I, I don't want to make this about my opinion. I want it to be, I want it to be yours, you know, but one of the, I've hired, I don't even know, thousands of salespeople over the years, and, and, you know, uh, it, it always surprises me how, and I think it was, um, I think it was Zig would say that, that, you know, salespeople get diarrhea of the mouth. <laughs> they, yeah. they just want to, they want to talk about how great their product is and and they never one time will ask a question. And so I came across this little book um years ago now the guy writes for the it's more about geared towards the network marketing industry but his name is alan pease out of the out of australia um and he wrote a book called questions are the answers and 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 it was like after years of studying zig ziglar and all these guys like I, i i i read this little book and it's a little tiny book and he talks about body language and stuff in it as well but it rocked my world. Like I realized all these years of of being at the top of my game, I wasn't asking the right questions. I wasn't. A lot of times I wasn't even asking questions. I wanted everybody to know how smart I was. (laughs) Yeah. And, and so go ahead.
1: I tell people there's three reasons people don't buy from you. The first one is you talk too much. And if you survey customers, customers say that 95% of salespeople talk too much. The second reason people don't buy from you is because they don't think you understand them and they don't think you understand them because you're not asking them any questions so that you can't get, you you, you can't create the impression that you have actually understood, you know, what their issue is because you never ask them any questions. And then the third thing is they think that you are biased. And so a big thing that we teach people, you know, I'm sort of the opposite. I don't want to say the opposite of Grant. I mean, Grant's sort of a, you know, in-your-face, you know, get-her-done kind of guy. I'm an introvert by nature. My belief is that, you know, I can show you how to make a million dollars a year being successful selling by being yourself. Right. Whether you're an introvert, whether you're an extrovert, doesn't matter. Just be yourself. What you have to learn is what are the fundamentals. Uh, I remember walking into a, a meeting one day this was a big client, big pharmaceutical company. And the, there were, these people had, they were $210 million behind forecast. And so they called me in and, and we get we, in, in, you know, a lot of times we get called in to help people sell stuff they can't sell. Right. And so I go in there and the, the person who's leading the meeting says, uh, okay, you know, do you want to set up your computer? I said, I didn't bring a computer. You didn't bring a computer. I said, no, I didn't bring a computer. Why didn't you bring a computer? I said, cause, I don't know whether I can help you or not. He said, well, I thought we were here to see a capabilities presentation. I said, well, that's a bad idea. He said, why is that a bad idea? I said, because I don't have a clue whether I can help you or not. And I said, so it doesn't make any sense to me for me to tell you how great I am if I don't think I can help you. I said, let me tell you how this is going to work. I'm going to ask you questions for 15 or 20 minutes, and you're going to give me answers. And at the end of that 20 minutes, you're going to come to one of two conclusions. You're going to say, this idiot can't help us at all. And you're going to leave and you're going to get 40 minutes of your meeting back. Or you're going to say to yourself, this guy can change our trajectory, trajectory and I shouldn't let him out of here until he signs a contract. Wow. Now, my question is, can I ask you the questions? He said, yes. And I left there with a $750,000 contract. Holy and in nine months, I took their share from 18 to 52. Wow. And each share points $10 million.
0: Are you kidding me?
1: But you see, they didn't understand how the customer thought. Right. I said, look, I, I asked them, I said, first place, I said, tell me what you've done. And they said, well, why do you want to know that? I said, because, well, what if I'm going to do the same thing? Why would you hire me? <laughs> so they told me what they, so they told me what they'd done. I said, well, how'd it work? He said, well, if it worked, we wouldn't have you here. I said, well, I'm going to make the assumption that you would rather not not hire me, that you would prefer to do this yourself. So explain to me why you're even entertaining a discussion with me, because this is really important and we know we can't do it. Okay, I said, tell me why your customers aren't buying from you. Well, we don't know. We think it's this. I said, no, it ain't that. I said, I can tell exactly why your customers aren't buying from you, but I'm not going to tell you because I want to prove it to you in a discovery phase. Right. So the way we the way we the way we create our projects, we create them in phases. So there's a discovery phase. So you don't have to go. So it's 750, but that, that assumes you go through every phase. Right. Now they went through every phase and then added a phase and wound up being a million dollars. But my point is, um, you know, and after asking the questions. So, you know, I really, I realized that their issue was they didn't understand the customer and they didn't understand the way the customer thought about these brands. And I said, If I'm right, I can show you how to turn this around in no time. And all you have to do is to say this, you know, these are both great products, but they are not the same. They are similar. The real question is what are the differences and when do they matter? And when you say that, the customer is going to say, well, what are the differences? And that gives you a chance to actually tell your story. And then you say, look, the truth is you need both of these products. The question is, how do you decide which patient's better off on which product if you're only using one product? So my question to you is, how do we get you to give us a fair trial in five or ten patients so you can ascertain what patient is right for the A, product A, what patient's right for product B? They went from 18 to 52 in nine months.
0: Holy and you know what? You know, it makes sense. You, 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 you know what you're doing, man.
1: That's crazy. But, 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 but questions are the answer. I had a guy call me the other night. I didn't even know who the hell he was. Uh, now I know him now, you know, because yeah. now he keeps calling. But he he, he's, he's, he said, you know, there's he's got four people on his team and he's brand new and they're selling some kind of computer uh, optimization stuff. Yeah. And I said, well, what do they teach you? He said, oh, man, they teach you to slam these people. And, and I said, well, how's that working? Not working at all. It's not my personality. And I said, um, well, if it were me, I'd ask these people three questions. He said, well, what are they? I said, the first question I would ask is, everybody has a different opinion about this, but how important is your website to your ultimate success? Now, my guess is 99% of the people are going to say really important. Second question you ask is, so let me ask you this. How I said, how much would it bother you if you knew that people, you were losing traffic on your website and you weren't unaware of it? Would that bother you? How much would it bother you? And then and how, how do you know whether you're losing those people on your website for that traffic? Well, I don't know. The, the, that's why you need to talk to us because that's what we do. We not only tell you that you're losing, we tell you how you're losing and we tell you how to get them back. Now my question is, when can we get a meeting? Wow. I mean, it, it's not that hard. What you have to say to yourself is, you know, what are the questions I ask to get the information that I want? And what I believe is the less you care about the sale, the more you sell. Yep. If that person says to me, yep. I don't get, I think my website's a waste of money then hang up
0: <laughs> yeah. call the next guy right right because there's a lot out there
1: there's a lot of people who think that thing is really important
0: so, so you know let's let's let me ask you you know because there's a lot of people I, I believe everybody's in sales you know, everybody on this planet, you can't be alive without, without being, you have to be able to communicate effectively with other human beings if you're going to exist on this planet. Right. Um, so, so the sales, the sales side of this is definitely good. Um, but you know, there's, there's also, um, people who may be stuck in a job that that they're just a receptionist and 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 I I don't mean like just I mean we need the world needs receptionists but there may be receptionists out there that that are like I I freaking I I can't do this shit anymore pardon my language but I can't do this anymore I need to I want to do this maybe I want to be a clothing designer I want to do whatever and I just don't know how to find the the um the strength, the the courage that it takes? Because you and I both know as business owners, it, it, it takes some courage because you got to put it all on the line. <laughs> like you right. literally sometimes you gotta, just got to put it all on the line. How, what would you say to somebody that can't find the courage to take that leap, that that, that, that wants to, but they're just terrified, they're stuck in that fear?
1: Well, I tell, I, you know, I was at a university the other day that has 120,000 students. Uh, hundred and four thousand, or hundred, hundred and hundred and four thousand are online. Sixteen thousand, or you know, are actually at the school. And one of the things I said to the guys said, you know, if I've learned anything in my life is that there are three skills that you need to be wildly successful, uh, or more successful than you are. The first one is how to set and achieve stretch goals. And so the person who doesn't have the courage is a person who doesn't really have clear goals they they don't understand what they can do that's why this burrito guy is calling me he said i got pit bulls everywhere but i don't want to be in the pit bull business and i said well listen to my thing three times and then call me and then we'll start talking about what are some options you know for you so you have to get clarity without clarity about what you want to accomplish then you're never going to be successful but the problem is Most people don't think big. Most people think small. That's why a mentor is really important. Someone who's more successful than you are that can see things in you that you can't see in yourself. The second thing I tell people is you better learn to build a valuable business relationship network. I mean, if I want, you know, I wanted to meet the basketball coach at Arizona State, a guy named Herb Sindek and I didn't know Herb and he didn't know me and I'm still a redneck from Memphis living in Scottsdale and I got somebody to introduce me to him and now he's one of my best friends he's part of my my network and he actually has a testimonial on my website about you know our relationship but my point is that you you're, you're, you 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 got to be great at what you do yeah. and you got to have a network if you have both of those things then you can advance yeah. but everybody needs a mentor Everybody needs somebody who is more successful than them that sees in them things they don't see in themselves. I know in my life, my goal, Ken, this is the true story. My goal in nineteen eighty seven was to be a regional manager for a pharmaceutical company. Now a guy like that, a woman like that makes, you know, buck fifty a year, maybe forty thousand dollar bonus, retires with a hundred thousand dollars a year for the rest of their life at fifty-five. And I'm saying a redneck from Memphis. That's the life for me. Right. And I, I competed for a job. And I was the number one manager in my company for most of the time that I was there out of 70. And I competed with a guy who for regional manager job when I was 37. My goal was to do by 40, but at 37, I had a shot at it and he got it and I didn't. And, uh, what happened was, he he uh he gets a job, and I thought I should have got the job, but now I'm working for him. So he calls me, and he says, uh, I want to come take you to dinner tonight. And I said, okay, what time do you want to meet? And he said, you know, your wife's not invited. This is just you and me. So I'm thinking, man, fire me. I mean, I'm too good for that. So maybe he wants to smoke the peace pipe, you know, because. <laughs> so anyway, he comes to dinner. His name is Don Cutcliffe, and he's he's had uh, he's had as profound of an effect on my life as anybody. And Don and I were, you know, colleagues, but I learned a lot from him and he learned a lot from me. Uh, but he said this to me at dinner one night. He said, Jerry, you know, you got this, I got this job. You should have got it. You're more prepared for it than I am, but they didn't give it to you. They gave it to me and I ain't giving it back. Uh, <laughs> But then he said this to me. He said, but the, the truth is, Jerry, this job is not big enough for you. You need to be running our company. And I promise you, I will not stop advocating on your behalf until you are running our company. And four years later, I was running that company. Holy crap. And so, um, wow. what I had dinner with him last year, he's 80 and, um, I called him and I said, Hey, I'm going to be in Tampa. I'd love to take you out. And, uh, yeah, that'd be great. And he's, you know, his wife are doing terrific. So we go, but he tells me on the phone, he said, I got a bone to pick with you. And I said, all right. He said, well, I've been reading what you've been writing about me on these blogs and stuff. He said, you remember our relationship different than I do. We'll discuss it at dinner, Don. So we go to dinner, and I said, so what's your beef with me? He said, well, my beef with you is you I learned more from you than you learned from me. I said, look, what I talk about is it's not that I I didn't learn from you and you didn't learn from you. You changed my life. I didn't change yours. And there's a gigantic difference between the impact you had on my life and the impact I had on your life. And I said, so what great people do is they see the greatness in others and they help them realize that that receptionist probably ought to be running the damn company. I love and I see these people all the time. I mean, I I'll go to these, you know, you go to airports and Hertz, and Hertz rental counters and you run into some of the most professional people you ever met and you're saying, why aren't you running this idiot outfit? Right. Not, that Hertz is an, not that Hertz is an idiot outfit because I like Hertz, right. but I'm saying- you run into all these companies where you're saying, you got a lot of really smart people here. Yeah. But, but are they being nurtured? Are they being told how great they are? Are they be, are, are they, are we expanding their view of themselves and their possibilities? And so that person needs somebody to, um, to expand their view of themselves, to get them to understand how great they are. Cause we don't understand our greatness.
0: That is so freaking profound but I have a question did you invite his wife to dinner oh yeah 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 yeah
1: oh his yeah. wife was wonderful yeah well it was funny I tell you another story his, his and I didn't know this his uh, 29 years ago 30 years ago his son had 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 10 interviews for jobs in the pharmaceutical business and not gotten a second interview so his, his dad, who was my boss, we had a meeting down in Tampa. He said, would you teach Mike how to interview so he can get a job? And I said, yeah, just have him come over to the hotel. And I'll spend a couple of hours with him. Yeah. So I spent two hours with him. And, um, anyway, he, the next interview he got four or five days later, he got the job and he's been there 30 years wow. and he's a big shot. <laughs>
0: wow. Wow. <laughs> so,
1: so, uh, and now I got his daughter a job here about, uh, a year and a half ago, um, now, she's a wildly powerful young woman yeah. and will be a huge success. I mean, it's in her genes. Yeah. But my point is, you got to have a network and you got to be good at what you do, right? Uh, you know, my I created Jerry VT. I think it's ideal for entrepreneurs yeah. because if you're an entrepreneur and you got money and you got an idea, but you don't have a network that matters and if you don't have a um uh, of the ability to be persuasive, and if you can't set goals, you're not going to be successful. Same thing's true. I'm trying to get these colleges to understand. I, I asked the people at this university this question. I said, "Let me ask you this. I said, if I hang that, if I have one of those diplomas, does it guarantee my success?" And they said, "No." I said, "How much do you care about your graduate success?" We care a lot about it. And I said, then tell me why you aren't teaching them life skills. Wow. I said, cause every single person who goes through here, chemist, physician, pastor, salesperson, doesn't matter, needs to learn goal setting, relationship building and how to be, uh, influential and without being pushy and aggressive. And I said, and that's what my virtual online course teaches people. And I don't know of anybody who couldn't benefit from it right. if. if if they thought that a a network mattered. You know, a lot of people don't know that the way Bill Gates got into IBM, his mother introduced him. His mother was on the United Way campaign in Seattle, Washington, with a big shot from IBM, and she convinced that guy to let Bill Gates show him the system. And that's, so I'm not saying Bill Gates wouldn't be wildly successful because, of course, he would. But the point is, you got to have a network.
0: I 1,000% agree with that, man thousand percent so so my as a matter of fact somebody came on one of my live streams one night or one day and said um said i i was i was instructed to come and check out your live streams by mr jerry cuff <laughs> i said wow really blew me right? away blew me away so <clears throat> thank you for that <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> so if you go to I'm taking notes by the way if y'all are watching this and you're not taking notes you're gonna stay stuck for a while but um, so the the number one what's so what's the number one piece of, of advice you would give to somebody you know I've I've been um, up and I've been down I've've um, I've made some great decisions in my 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 Life and I've made some horrific decisions that left me broke. Um, so, you know, we've all been in that place where it's like, good Lord, all the bills piled up, the electric companies come to shut off the electric, or, you know, everything, the landlord wants me out of this place because apparently he likes to be paid. Um, you know, <clears throat> Somebody that's in that place where they're just, they're in this rut and they don't know how to get out of it. What would you, what's your advice for that person?
1: Yeah. And I've been in that situation. I mean, I've been, I I never went bankrupt, but I've been broke. Yeah. Uh, I got fired from two jobs. I started this company after I got fired. Nobody would hire me. (laughs) And so, uh, and I literally, I had a one year old and I had enough money to last me for four months. Uh, And I had a half a million dollar house. And I had to find a way to make a living. Yeah. And so I've, I've been in that situation. But, but uh, three things have really carried me. One is a mindset that failure is not an option. Yeah. And, and that, that, that concept goes through my mind all the time. I will not fail. I don't know how long it'll take me to succeed. You know, Mandino in his book says, it's not given to know how, how many steps are necessary in order to reach my goal. Failure I may still encounter at the thousand step, yet success hides just beyond the next bend in the road, and never will I know how close it lies unless I turn the corner. Yeah, so exactly. failure is not an option. Yeah. The second thing is I, I, I rely on my network. I work the heck out of that network. When I'm down and what happened to me the last time I was down, which was 18 years ago, uh, I worked my network and a guy gave me a gig and that gig turned into the company that I have today. Wow. And I can wow. trace uh, Ken, I can trace right now probably 75% of my business to two people that if I looked, did, if I did my business as a genealogy tree, it would all go back to two people, wow. uh, 75% wow. of it. And so, you know, I worked my network and then I learned, that you have to be a continual learner, and 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 to do to do that, you got to do two things. One is you got to associate with the right people who can teach you things that you need to know, and then secondly, you got to listen to podcasts, you got to read blogs, you got to read book summaries, etc.
0: Wow! Wow! So, who are your mentors? I mean, you're you're you're, well, incredibly, a- you're, you're incredibly successful, and and I know. You know, I, I we live in a pretty nice, pretty nice little place here, and and you know, I've 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 had some pretty massive success myself in life, but you know, there are people that think that that just comes natural, like you know, hey, uh, you're just lucky.
1: <laughs> no, I have, um, I have a, um, I guess Nate's probably early '60s. Nate Sachs, uh, I met him in a Vistage group. Uh, he's got a uh, He's got a business called Blueprints for Success. And after two meetings at the Vistage Group, I said this to myself, that's the smartest guy in this room. And I'm going to get a relationship with him. And I did, and he has been uh, a great mentor to me. Uh, the other one is a guy named David Rich, R-E-I-C-H. And David is an early 40s ex-CIA agent, currently contractor, entrepreneur, and one of the smartest business people I've ever met. And I don't do a business major business transaction without asking him what he thinks. Um, and I talk to him all the time. And then the third one is the godfather of my child, a guy named Peter Ciano. Uh, Peter is a brilliant business mind, and so I rely on those people for guidance and advice. Um, But I learned from everybody. I mean, I, I, I try, I try so hard to learn from everybody. I spent the day on Monday with Tim, Tim S. Marshall and, um, uh, Janine Driver. And I'm telling you, I, I left there with my head spinning because Tim is wicked brilliant. Uh, and has been so successful, written six books. Janine is the world's expert on body language. And I mean, you're just sitting there, you're, you're like, my gosh, I'm in the presence of unbelievable greatness. Yeah. And it's not going to do anything but lift me.
0: Yeah, I've I've been talking with a, a really successful good friend of mine in California. Him and I are going to put together a very 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 limited and tight knit um, tight knit um, mastermind group, and and just to just to meet like once a week or once a month on on a, yeah. like a Zoom meeting, you know, and just talk about ideas to help each other because. I agree, man, and, and it's, again, I'll, I'll be 50 years old in July, and, and it's taken me a long time to realize of making a lot of mistakes, and, and you know, I, I don't, I'm, I've am i made the same mistake many times, <laughs> and, you know, they say that's, we what, all uh, yeah, well, you know, we people, people like to throw stones and, and act perfect, but, like, hey, man, sometimes it takes me a while to learn, <laughs> like. You know,
1: uh, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, repetition is the mother of learning. And sometimes you got to repeat the same mistake before you learn the lesson.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and, right. And, and so, you know, I think that if we can, if we can get around the right people, and that's one of the, the very, very common themes of these interviews is people saying that, you know, they, they had a mentor, somebody, somebody just said they can't hear me. Can you hear me okay? Can, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Sure. Yeah, somebody somebody in the comments just said that they they can't hear me. But, you know, one of the one of the common themes of of people that I've I've interviewed on here is is definitely being around the right people, having a coach or a mentor, somebody that can they can guide you. So, so um biggest mistake you see people make.
1: Um they don't get a mentor and they don't understand the power of lifelong learning. And the challenge here is that the internet is, is causing information to explode. And if you don't become a lifelong learner, you'll be a dinosaur in five years.
0: Yep. I, I, I agree with you. All right. So, Hey, what's uh we can, we can wrap this up now first, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a huge thank you for being on, but, but first, before I do that, and we wrap it up, what's next for Jerry? I mean, You've done
1: a lot. What's next? Well, uh, Jerry A. ET, which you can find at jerryacuff.com. Yeah. Th- but I'm also excited about an app I developed called Really Linked. R E A L L Really Linked. R E A L L Y Linked. L I N K E D. And it's uh, on. It's it's only on the iPhone. We haven't developed it for the Android. But I have 8,000 connections on LinkedIn, and LinkedIn does not help you manage your most important connections. So I created an app uh, called Really Linked, which is designed for you to take the 50, 7,500 contacts that are most important to you. And when you contact them, you contact them through that app. And you can call them, text them, email them, or, or send an email uh, that has a meeting uh, subject that says, you know, that you want a meeting with them. Yeah. And every single time that you contact them, it records it in the contact history. So I always know the last time I sent you a text. It also is a place where it keeps your notes uh and it also is a it, it reminds you so I can say I'm gonna call Ken on April the fourth at four hundred forty five. I can put that reminder in. I also can put in a reminder that monthly I'm gonna call you. So today, you know, I look at my phone yeah. and there'll be two or three people that I have to call, text or email. Now the reason I created this was If you stay out of contact with the most important people in your life, you lose about 4% a month of your influence. And so I can't afford to lose influence with the most important people in my life, business life. And so what I do is I, and it's easy to add them from your uh, contact, from your phone into your email contact list. And then you just, and you set up a reminder. Do you want to talk to him once a week? Do you want to talk to him once a month? Do you want to talk to him once every two weeks? Uh, you just set up that reminder and then every day it pops up here, you know, really linked. You got two people to call. And, um, if I want to view their contract history, I can just, I can watch that. I can write notes. I can say all those things that you wrote down there. You could have put in into uh, really linked and it's free. What? It's
0: free.
1: The app is free. The app is free.
0: Why? <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, my belief,
1: my belief is that if, if we can make it successful, that somebody will probably buy it. Uh, I mean, yeah. you know, WhatsApp was free, and 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 uh, Facebook paid three hundred thirty-two billion dollars for them. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm I'd take a fraction of that success. <laughs>
0: right. Me too. I'll, I'll contact Facebook for you. I'll sell that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to download that today, man. That sounds really cool. So, so um, wow. So you've got jerryacuffvt.com to get your virtual online training course. Of course or
1: jerryacuff.com. Or either.
0: jerryacuff.com. Somebody did just um, put your link in, so thank you for that. I think it was Terrence. My wife is on here. She's she's blown away by you, as I knew everybody that met that you would be um so and she said she said ken really studies your stuff i see i see why now somebody said what's the app name again if somebody would type this in for me it's really r-e-a-l-l-y linked out there jill just put it in there so um it's all
1: one word really linked
0: uh, it's all one who word. do you
1: really want to be linked to yeah i mean i got all kinds of people that i'm linked into but yeah. You know, and they're important. I'm not saying they're not important. Right. But who are the ones that are crucial to my success that I cannot afford to lose influence with? Right. And if you're if you think that way, yeah. this and I got the idea from the basketball coach at Marquette. Wow. Because he calls one person, texts one person, emails one person, writes one person every day. He keeps in touch with 120 people a month.
0: Yeah. But
1: he's doing it off a piece of paper.
0: Harvey McKay talks about that a lot. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, and it, it's it's incredibly important. I, I totally agree. And it's hard to keep up with it if it, it, like I have. But well,
1: this a, is easy. I mean, and you get I get people saying, "Hey, we got to get together," and uh, you know, it's just because I'm in constant contact with them.
0: Is it is it ju- is it so is it connected through just your contacts and your phone or your social yep. media network too or?
1: No, what I'm trying to do is to get a link at the bottom where I could you could Google. From their from their contact list page, or you could go to LinkedIn. Oh, so if you yeah. want to do some research before you could you were talking to them, you could do that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, other than that, it's it's just a very simple CRM light.
0: I I love it. I love it. I'm I'm going to download it today and start using it. So how can uh, how can people find you and follow you?
1: Jerryacuff.com, and Twitter is at Jerryacuff. And, um, Facebook, I don't have a clue what my damn Facebook
0: is.
1: (laughs) But if if you Google me, if if you Google me, you'll be sorry. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff on, on, online. So, but the best place to go is jerryacuff.com because a lot of videos there. There's testimonials from people from all walks of life about how, you know, the information that I've shared with them has impacted them. And, and so if it, if you're interested in that kind of impact, you'd want to hear what people like Herb Sindek and Andre Thornton, who I think is one of the greatest experts on leadership there is, um, African American was black engineer of the year at Lockheed Martin, um, does consulting and is just out of this world. Uh, and, and, and I've been mentoring him for about a year, but, but I think the best place is jerryacup.com.
0: Well, Jerry, I, I you already know that I, I think the world of you, man. I think you're 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 one of the most phenomenal people. That and it's like, I uh, you know, uh, uh, more people need to know who you are because you got man, you you bring it. You bring some amazing value. Um, is there anything you would like to say to my audience before we we cut out?
1: No, thank you. But if you you know you know if you if you go to JerryAcuff.com, my cell phone's there. So. Wow. If you got a question, don't be afraid to call. And then don't, for God's sakes, whatever you do, don't say, "I didn't expect you to answer."
0: <laughs> I'm gonna call you and say that. <laughs> I'm gonna say, "Holy crap, you answered! Oh my god!" <laughs> uh, so listen, man, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being on. You're 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 humble. You're you're freaking uh, badass. I mean, you're just a freaking good dude. So. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. I know that everybody on here, some people have really, really enjoyed this interview. So thank you so much. not Thanks go, for having me, Ken. Oh, I'm gonna. What's that?
1: I said thanks for having me.
0: Oh, you're you're. Thank you. The 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 honors mine. So um, don't hang up yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna end the Facebook stream. Thank you to everyone who's watched this, been on here, shared this, liked it, loved it, all of that. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I appreciate all of you, and we will see you all on Monday. Have a great weekend.